Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Teen It Up. I'm your host, C, and as always, that stands for Connor, in case you were wondering, as always with my host, Vladdy. What's going on, man? Back for another episode. Should be a fun one. How have you been? I've been well. Um, this past weekend was nice. Uh, enjoyed, in, in, enjoyed, enjoyed myself. We went out uh, Saturday night. We went to, uh, we kind of crashed our friend's dad's 60th birthday, even though they kind of told us not to show up. Because they were like, oh, it's an adults-only thing. And I, and I just kind of countered with, that's okay. We'll show up at the end once some of the adults have started to leave and you guys are too drunk to care. And that's what we did, and we had a great time. Nice. So Technically speaking, then, you are an adult. Yeah, so. but th- I mean, like, I guess, like, when I say no kids, like, from all of the parents there, none of their, ch- none of their children. It was, like, it was strictly parents' thing it, but it was a lot of fun once we showed up uh very very receptive parents maybe it was the alcohol in the system maybe they just really excited to see us but who knows um yeah i don't know if you're that good of a kid to be excited to see you without uh alcohol in the system nonsense i'm, I'm everyone's kidding. favorite i'm kidding uh <laughs> yeah but um, no nothing so- really uh, i'm just tired i'll kind of get into the reasons why here in a second but what about you uh What's up with you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, in the middle of finals. Um, well, not really in the middle of it because the first one hasn't happened yet. But uh, in the middle of studying for that. So that's kind of been my uh, most of the day for the last week or so and will be for the next two weeks. Uh, so I, as far as that, I study in the day and I watch the sports in the night. So I'm excited to be talking about some sports in the night. Absolutely. So let's do we let's start um kind of quickly get into it. It's NFL draft week. This is probably the most excited I've been for an episode in a very long time. Kind of run through a mock draft, talk about Aaron Rodgers trade. But before that, we do obviously have the ensuing NHL and NBA playoffs. Um, where do you want to start? Basketball or hockey? Um, I I just have a couple brief things to say about hockey. I think so. I can go first and kind of get it out of the way. All right. Um, really. A lot of good series. I'm going to kind of just hit on the biggest storylines and what I think is important to talk about. Number one, officiating has been atrocious for the playoffs. Um, there's been way too many power plays, way too many weak calls, um, way too many calls that have cost teams games. Um, I'm specifically thinking of Sunday night in overtime, a clear high stick that was even reviewed. Um, that ultimately led to a high stick. It's not a penalty, not when you hit someone. But when you hit the puck above your shoulders, it's supposed to be a dead whistle. Clear clear as day one happens in the Edmonton LA one, LA one game. Uh, LA scores right off of it. Overtime goal, game over. Um, Edmonton ends up coming back the other night down 3 nothing to win. Uh, that's been a great series. Uh, the other great series, although it's 3-1, to one, has been – probably the most anticipatedly great series in Tampa and Toronto. Toronto is up 3-1 right now, and that's after getting completely dominated the past two games. Um, they've had great goaltending from Samsonov, uh, and they're winning games. They're kind of the opposite as far as playoffs have gone for the last 18 years for them and that they find ways in games that they're playing well and outplaying opponents to lose, and it's been the opposite. They score with a minute left in game three, uh, to force overtime and then score with just 30 seconds left in the first overtime in a game that they, I thought, got outplayed in. 
And then again, coming back down 4-1 with 15 minutes left last night, and they found a way to come back and win. A couple of weak goals from Vasilevsky. Uh, it's a weird one because it doesn't look like Tampa's dead, uh, and it's far from over knowing Toronto's history. Um, but it, it, it's it seems like a different vibe for Toronto when they're winning games that they shouldn't win when it's usually the opposite when it, for them when it comes to playoff time. Um, aside from that, uh, on early scare for the Bruins, it looks like they're going to pull through. They're up 3-1 uh, game five tomorrow. I don't see them having any problems. However, uh, the injury bug has hit them, the, the winning games without their top two centers. Uh, it looks like Bergeron's going to be out for a little while. Uh, he hasn't played at all in the playoffs. I don't really think they have a chance of going too deep if he remains to be out. I'm not 100% sure what his status is. I just know um, he's not going to be playing in this series particularly. Uh, and they don't really have a firm timetable for him. Uh, as far as the rest of the Eastern series go, um, the Rangers, after going looking dominant up to nothing, uh, the Devils show some life when both games in Madison Square Garden. I'll tell you what, this Jack Hughes kid, 21-year-old, first overall pick in 2019, he's been a phenom. He's kind of got that West Coast swagger to him. He scores two, I believe he has something like four of their eight goals in the four games of this series. So that series is looking completely different. You looked at two games where the Rangers dominated at New Jersey or in New Jersey, and then two games where the New Jersey dominated at MSG. Uh, so that game, that series is back at all square. I mentioned in the West um, Edmonton and LA is a great series. Seattle ties it up last night. That's a surprisingly great 2-2 series. Colorado hasn't looked bad. It's just more uh, Seattle's just this nitty-gritty, and they look like a team uh, built for the playoffs without any superstars, ready to play that physical team game. Um, and that's really it. Vegas has kind of rolled Winnipeg. Um, yeah, and those are kind of the, just kind of to hit on all the series. That's what's up with the NHL. Some good series. Everyone, no sweeps in the first round, which is pretty cool to say. Um, so we can get to some NBA talk now. One question before we get to that, and I don't know why I'm curious about this, but do both the Islanders and the Rangers play in Madison Square Garden? or No, the Islanders have their own arena on Long Island, actually. Interesting. Yes, okay. they just built it. like It's like a year or two old. Okay. I, I don't know. You said uh, you said Rangers, MSG, and I was like, oh, there's another New York team. I mean, that's the only series I haven't mentioned because it's been boring and Carolina's waxed them. They're up 3-1. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, so getting to – kind of swapping around to, to basketball. I know you mentioned there's been a lot of good series. I can say in basketball there has not been a lot of good series. Um, Starting the East, I mean, the Nets in Philadelphia, it's already over. Um, the Nets got swept. Philly clearly the better team moved on. Celtics and Hawks, uh, I believe they're actually playing game five as we speak. The Celtics are up 3-1, and they're clearly a better team than the Hawks. I'm actually not sure how they dropped the game. They should have swept them. Um, but one thing I guess I want to note for the Celtics is I think they're probably an even better team than last year's team. And last year's team's obviously made it to the finals and put up a decent fight before losing. But um, And with Milwaukee, I'm kind of teetering on the brink. Who knows what that means for them? Um Knicks, Cavs, Knicks are up 3-1, and I can confidently say I have watched zero of this series just because I don't I don't find it intriguing. But I guess if Milwaukee's going to get knocked out, maybe this sets up a fun second round between one of those teams, a Miami team, some kind of 
underdogs, quote unquote, and somebody who's going to be a nice, I'm going to say breath of fresh air, but someone who will kind of enjoy the unexpected chance to play for an Eastern Conference final and then an NBA final berth. Um, and then mainly in the East, the Heat and the Bucks. Uh, the Heat are up 3-1. This is kind of the big shock when you look at the two teams. But then you have to factor in Giannis only played nine minutes in the first three games. So maybe not the biggest shock there. And he came back uh, for game four. I don't know if it was last night or Sunday now. The days are kind of meshing at this point with how much background basketball noise I've been listening to. But um, no, uh, he was back for game four and he was phenomenal. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks held control of that game for about 42 minutes. And then... Jimmy Butler did Jimmy Butler things. I think Miami went on like a 25 to seven run to kind of end that game four. Butler with a 55 point game, the fourth most amount of points in NBA playoff history, the most amount of points in Miami Heat playoff history, which is crazy when you factor in Dwayne Wade, Shaq, LeBron, all the different stars they've had in in, in their franchise's history. So yeah, heater up three one. Um I think the statistic was teams that go up 3-1 win the series about 95% of the time. I would still say Miami is the favorite given they get to play a closeout game six at home if it even gets them. But Miami effectively has three chances to knock out the Bucs, so the Bucs need to have one bad game and they're going packing. But given they are the better team, given Giannis is Giannis, I think his health is getting better as days go by. I do think that I would probably give the Bucs maybe about a 30 to 40% chance to still pull it off. Pretty high. It is pretty high, but again, I just for think, the situation. Yeah, for the again, that's that's what I'm saying. And again, that situation encompasses Miami not being the better team, and encompasses them not having the better player. And again, maybe I'm wrong, and if if I am, again, it'll be cool. I will set up a nice little fun Eastern Conference semifinal game or series between teams that are thinking to themselves, "Wow, we really have a shot to go play for an NBA Finals appearance." So. Not much there. Uh, going into the West, um, Nuggets, T-Wolves, um, boring series. The Nuggets are clearly a better team playing like the one seed. They probably should have swept them, and then the T-Wolves had an epic uh, collapse in game four just to even force overtime. And then they almost had another epic collapse in overtime to give away game four and get swept, but they pulled it off. Anthony Edwards looks like a future superstar, but that they're – their season probably ends tonight with a Nuggets victory. Um, Suns and Clippers. I know we talked last week after game one when kind of Clippers stole a game and it was like, well, could they do something? And then since then, they've gone full Clipper. Kawhi Leonard has not played a minute in the series since. Paul George never played a minute in the series. I'll give Russell Westbrook credit. He's actually played really, really well given the situation. But they're just, if you're, if you're not going to play with probably your two best players, you're not beating Kevin Durant. DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul. So the Clippers season most likely ends tonight as well. And then I save probably the two most entertaining series of the first round. Um, for last, we have the Lakers in Memphis. Um, the Lakers are up 3-1. Jai's kind of dealt with a hand injury for most of the series, although he still kind of plays through it and he still looks pretty normal. I don't think it's affected him that much. It's just any time he falls Dylan down. Brooks hand. What? What about Dylan Brooks's hand? Uh, been some, some, some yeah, it's been in some weird there. places. It's been in some weird places. Um, jeez, but no, this uh, 
God, you, you threw me off, but no, Dylan, no, no worries. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to switch to Dylan Brooks just because I think he's, a, he's the colossal tool. Um, Dylan Brooks is kind of that Draymond green without any of the actual accolades to yeah. uh, back up your ability to speak. So I, 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 and then when you cup, when you factor in John Morant as well, I think the last couple months where uh, he decided to allegedly, um, show a gun to a 17 year old and allegedly file this and do that. It, I, I just kind of sit there and I look at Tillman and Jaron Jackson. And it's really a shame that those two guys have to play on that team. Cause I really want to root for them. Right. But then I look at their teammates and I'm like, I can't support this. <laughs> yeah. Punching another player in the privates is usually uh, not a go-to. No. Um, I'll be honest. It's obviously the LeBron effect. When I saw the clip said it wasn't watching the game. I thought it was going to be worse, to be honest. Like, it didn't, like I thought <laughs> I he was going to full on swing at him at his balls, but well, like, <laughs> it was a pretty good tap. But yeah. like I was, exp- I was expecting like a wind up and everything. But yeah, yeah. But the last thing I'll really say about this is, I mean, kudos to Rob Polinka for kind of rebuilding the team at the trade deadline. They were two and ten to start the year. They were at worst the thirteenth seed in the West, and they're now three one up on the two seed. So um, we'll see what happens. So I know, like I said, Jaws been dealing with injury. I, I think and I believe that the Lakers will kind of close it out, whether it be in five or six games. And then going to the only series that is not three one or finished, the Kings and the Warriors, which has been the best first round series, and it's not even particularly been close. You have two games coming down to last second buzzer beaters that didn't go in. You have your t- and it everything that even other games have been close. You have your typical Draymond Green drama, right? And he actually had a. I saw a pretty interesting take of his after his suspension. I think Steve Kerr came to him and said, "Hey, how do you feel about coming off the bench?" And he goes, "Fuck how I feel. Do what you think is going to give this team the best chance to win." And so game four, he started on the bench, and it didn't really work out, I think, as they planned. Uh, De'Aaron Fox kind of killed him, and then Draymond Green started the second half, and that's kind of really where they did their damage and eventually won the game. But game four kind of featured a uh, a really weird ending. The, the Warriors were up by five, and it was pretty much done with a minute left, and then Steph goes full. Chris Webber calls a timeout when they don't have any, gives away a, gives away a free throw and possession, there was some weird turnovers that never should have happened. And effectively, the, what Warriors should have done with their experience was completely kill off the game and let the Kings try and play the foul, the, the, the free throw shooting game against them. But they didn't, and it ended up with Harrison Barnes taking a pretty wide open um, for the scenario shot that he just didn't hit because he's he's not some great shooter. He's a good player, but he's not a great shooter. And he had, he had a chance to win game, win, win game four for the Kings. Didn't do it. And that series heads back to Sacramento at five or five five at two two. I know De'Aaron Fox is, is was doubtful, but then I think he said he's playing, so that's good because the Warriors kind of have a history of getting by teams when the other teams' good players get hurt. So it's nice that uh, this won't happen here. It's, it'll be nice that if they if they get by, they did it because they did it and they beat the team at full strength. Um, but not really much else, else there. The only thing I can really say is um, it's a shame that the Lakers, Grizzlies, and Kings Warriors games are the best series there are, and those are the only series that tip off at 10.30 every night because mm-hmm. that's made me incredibly tired staying up until 1 
the past couple nights trying to watch the end of these games. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of really the NBA. Um, not really too much. Again, it's it, most of the series are either done or you have an incredibly good idea of who's going to show up in the next round. And, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how we go. Maybe Milwaukee can pull off the comeback. We'll see. Yeah, um, I'm going to make a, another jab NBA comment. It's great product, great league when you have all these series that don't matter. It's kind of typical of the NBA that it's just this superstar three, four team league. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a three, four team league. It's just not a this is This year is better than most, and it's like the first round is still not as good a series as you would want. Yeah, I mean – Yes, but that's kind of always been the thing. I just and then like even with the series that usually are close, like if you look in the past the four or five series, maybe have been close or the three sixes, but it usually just ends up with that team getting crushed by the one or the two seed. It's still a star driven league. You're right though. It, it's it's gotten better this year. I mean, I I think I've talked to friends. I could probably make the argument for six teams out of the West that could possibly win it. Yeah. So you've got that. The East has got their kind of big three. So. That you've you've got teams. It's not it's not what it was three four years ago where it was like all right let's just fast forward to LeBron against the Warriors again. So that's always good to see. That's always good to see. But yeah, um, I I don't have, I don't have too much else to say about the NBA. All right, with that we can probably move to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, the trade that took what two months if or. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right because I think free agency opened up sometime in November. November. Or November, February. 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 Yeah, pardon me. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, my, I really don't – like because it was such a long window for this to actually get done, it kind of lost its suspense and appeal for me in a certain uh, – yep. I was just kind of when I saw the news, I was like, yeah, okay, I knew. Um the return, uh, I mean, I, I've heard the argument that the, the Packers fleeced. I don't necessarily think for the player they got it was a fleece. I think for the leverage that the Packers kind of had, it was a lot. Like, the Packers had a lot – or, sorry, uh, the Jets had a lot of leverage. No, they didn't. To, what? The Packers had all the leverage. See, I would argue. Yeah, way, okay, you're right. I said I was I was correct for first. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I had that right the first time. So I was kind of surprised. Okay, so then I guess I wasn't surprised given the leverage. I was yeah. thinking of, thinking of it the opposite way in my head. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't think it was an overpayment. What many people are saying, given the situation with the leverage of it. Yeah. Um, I completely agree there. Um you're effectively giving up a first round pick and a second round pick and kind of like the Matt Stafford trade. If, if Aaron Rodgers pans out the way you think he does and he takes you to a Super Bowl, I mean, how can you say you've lost that trade? Like is the 32nd pick that you've now given up next year or the 30th pick next year? Do you really care about that? No. See, I understand. And it makes sense for what the goals of the team are. Um, there's a part of me that was like, A, you weren't – I know they have a good, talented, young roster, 
A, you weren't a playoff team last year. B, you play in a tough division. C, you play in a conference with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Like, I don't really see, even with Aaron Rodgers, you even being a top three or four team in your conference still. So it's still a stretch for what you're giving up. For, again, I do really see the argument, and as opposed to a Stafford, who is, you know, I guess you could say the son was stuck. He was on the back nine of his career. Aaron Rodgers is is putting on the 18th green. Again, I used Stafford as a I, – I didn't use the player. I used the type of trade, whereas people yes, – yeah. I, I, I saw one of my friends saying, oh, dude, we fleeced the Rams. It's like they won a Super Bowl. What do you mean we fleeced them? They did right. exactly what they wanted right. to do with that trade. Like you could give up seven first round picks if you, if I told you as the New York Jets you were guaranteed to win a Super Bowl with Rodgers, we had to give up seven first round picks. You're probably going to do it. Yep. It's a Super Bowl. Yeah, you're not the New England Patriots of old. You're not some perennial Kansas City Chiefs. You can't sit there and say oh, I'll take my chances. Take you take the Super Bowl and you're giving it. But I completely agree in the sense that um, Aaron Rodgers is 40. He's a lunatic. You don't know how long he's going to play, if he's going to play, what he's going to play. Um, last year was dreadful. After those, I think it was back-to-back MVP seasons where people were like, oh, wow. And then now maybe that was the lack of Devontae Adams, and he's playing with guys that he had never played with before or were rookies. Not that he's played with the Jets guys before, not that they're much older. But, right. yeah, I guess he does have Alan Lazard there now. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I agree in that sense. Um, and I, I think you made a really good point. Given how loaded the AFC is, there's an argument they're still the third best team in their own division. Right. The, the AFC is murderer's row. I mean, you mentioned Allen, Mahomes, Burrow. You're not talking about the Ravens when Lamar gets back and gets healthy. You're not talking about the Chargers if they ever put it together. You're not talking about Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. I mean, it is a gauntlet. Yeah. So, yes, I, I completely agree in the sense that it's an interesting trade. Good for the Jets. Maybe they'll finally get out of the giant shadow. Um you mentioned the not making the playoffs part. I will I I will kind of defend them here. I don't think they missed the playoffs because they weren't good enough as the rest of the team. I think they missed the playoffs because Zach Wilson played a lot of right. football for them. And Quarterback. It's yeah. a little tough for uh to, to win games with Zach Wilson. But I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting trade and I think the the, the the way you started it kind of encompasses how everyone feels. It's like, oh, about time, thank God just get this over with like it lost all interest at all it lost all suspense it lost all everything from a fan's perspective it's gonna it's uh it's a stereotypical wow that's gonna be weird to see him in that jersey when he first yep. like that's gonna take my brain some get oh almost probably half the season to get used to him in a jets jersey yeah i mean to be fair he's staying in green it's just a different shade and a different secondary True. color um do you also do you also think that he'll have to go play for the Vikings after his next team? Or I thought about bringing that up that this is just like we they've been compared to each other and he was <laughs> yep. his like whatever you want to call it apprentice uh, and now they're doing it's the exact same phase out at the end of their careers to the exact same team. Yep. Um, <laughs> 
On the Favre topic, did he retire after the Jets and maybe miss a year and come back? I kind of forget how it went. Or did he just go directly from Jets to the Vikings, miss no time? I don't remember him sitting out a full year. He may have done a Brady and mm-hmm. kind of said, I'm out and then I'm not out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's so long ago. And you look at it now, it's like, uh, I mean, we talked about this, I'm sure, when it actually happened originally, but the NFC North, like, every all three of those other teams or those franchises took a deep sigh of relief and locked the door on the way out as Aaron Rodgers walked yes, out. Yes, it was a completely the, – the tormentor of that division for the last 15 years is gone. You're right. Sigh of relief might might even be an understatement. They're probably they probably threw a joint party. It's the only time you've ever seen them like fraternizing with each other as opposed to scheming for how to beat each other in the regular season. They're all like, "Yeah, this dude's gone. We're happy now." Finally, someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, Rod. yeah. I don't have much more of that either. Um, that was just something that I mean, I didn't even originally plan for that, and then yesterday the news broke that the trade was finally official, and I was like. Thank God. We'll mention it quickly, um, and we'll we'll get going um, to kind of the the big the big topic of the of the week. You know, we've got the draft here on Thursday. Um, this has kind of been a very different draft for us as Lions fans because we get to draft with hope and with ideas of a uh, hosting a playoff game in the coming year. Whereas in the past, it's usually hope of oh, this number one pick can turn out to be really, really good. And yay, we suck. So I'm excited there. Yeah, it is fun to draft with some hope. While also still having a top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. It's not something teams experience a whole lot. So. No, it's it's, um, it's nice. I mean, thank you to the Rams for uh, imploding their season. I hope uh, we say you're welcome for giving you a Super Bowl. Nice little win-win trade there on Matt Stafford. Um, maybe we can uh, follow up and get a Super Bowl too. But so for this, for the for the mock. So I know for for those listening, we've we've kind of got we've got a a mock draft simulator up on screen right now. Um, you'll just have to kind of follow along with who we take verbally because we can't really show this to you over Spotify. But I think what I wanted to do, and let me know what your thoughts are, but. I want to say no trades. I don't want to do trades because I think that it's going to get way too hectic, especially towards the back end of the first round where teams start trading up for like a future sixth round pick to move up two spots from 31 to 29. And it's like, I don't care about that. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we can like mention spots where we think some will happen, but I don't like see us doing it in our actual. I, I, I just don't want to deal with that. And the other thing is, I want to say, at least the way I was thinking, is we would do this mock draft with how we would make the pick, not how we think some other teams or what rumors we've heard from with how the teams will make the pick. So yeah, we'll also add we'll add lib that yes. as we go. We'll we'll add we'll add all of the information. Where's possible trade spots? Who's possible trade uh, partners? What rumors are going on? But I think ultimately, I would like to do this. You and I picking. How we how we how we would make this draft go? Yeah. So with that, um, play the uh, play the play the sound. 
what is it? Or you know, what how does how does the jingle go? <laughs> oh no. All right. I can picture well, it, but I can't do it. That's it's what I'm saying. That like, yeah, I can't do it. Every time I try and think about it, in my head comes the old Thursday night with the with the bells going, and I'm and I I transition off into that. But yeah, all I, right, can't, so I can't get it going. Number one pick on the clock. We've got the Carolina Panthers with their big trade up from number nine with Chicago a couple months ago. Um, I think it's fairly obvious. This is one of the few places where I think everyone's going to agree. Yeah. Um, it's quarterback. It's it's quarterback. Uh, I I mean, it's a debate on who you like a little more. Um, I think there's definitely. I think they're. I think they're going to pick Bryce Young. I that's um, that's my guy as well. So. I necessarily don't love – I think there's a little more risk that comes with – we've seen the last couple of undersized quarterbacks go number one that haven't worked out in the last five years. Yep. I mean, Kyler Murray is still in the prove-it-to-me phase. Baker Mayfield didn't work out. I mean, there's there's kind of a list of these undersized guys that really haven't worked yep. out um, to where I don't – I don't know. I just think there's a little more risk there, but he seems to be the consensus one at this point. Yeah, so – I agree. Um, you, I, I like how you bring up the, uh, the 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 last couple undersized guys. I think with Bryce Young, it's a little different because I think he profiles a different player. Those guys were kind of freak. Uh, I don't want to say dual threats because Baker Mayfield was not some guy running and gunning for two thousand and one thousand yards the way Kyler Murray was. But I think those were guys that maybe kind of ran off of their teams and basically abuse the Lincoln Riley offense for for a little more than they should. I think Bryce yeah. Young is a little bit is it not a little bit. I think he's a much more mature passer. I think the accuracy there is amazing. I think the he kind of reminds me of Tua a little bit with his kind of ability to I want to say think ahead but kind of see the field really well and just have perfect ball delivery. I think he's an ultra accurate passer. The size again certainly a concern. Um you might get the you might you might get the man killed if you don't have an offensive line. So we'll see what happens there. But I think we can kind of confidently say Bryce Young number one pick. The Houston Texans at number two. I think that the Texas the, the I, I mean I think there's a clear cut thing what they should do a clear cut obvious decision. I don't know if it's rumor mills that are circling around this week that suggest they are not doing it. They are also a team that is kind of known for not necessarily doing like what most people would think would be the obvious decision. Yep. So it's a weird spot for them. They, I mean, I've even heard they they're thinking about trading the pick. So I know what I would do, but I think I think this a lot of people from what I've read uh, have no idea what they're going to do here. Yeah, this um, I, I think I've kind of I've, you know, we've all probably heard the similar things. Um, I think the kind of the, the 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 phrase that keeps getting thrown around is that after Bryce Young, there's nobody that they really love. Um, yeah, like you say, you bring up rumors of Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, even trading away the pick. But I think maybe we're in the same boat where I think quarterback here has to be the pick. Yep. Um. I just believe that you cannot trot out Davis Mills for a third year to a fan base because that should be grounds for firing. Um, 
I think that you're right. That that maybe it's just Bill O'Brien losing his mind over like an eight month span that w makes us all think the Houston Texans are like a continuously stupid team, or maybe it's just the fact that they're the Texans. <laughs> so I I think you're right. This is certainly always a possibility for who knows what to happen. Someone could trade up. Maybe they like a quarterback a lot and they want to guarantee that. So because they think that other teams might jump them. But I think quarterback is the play here. Um, who, who's 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 the guy you would like? I It's basic. Um, I like CJ Stroud. I know he hasn't done these stupid tests or whatever well. So he's kind of there's always that guy that kind of slides down in people's minds the week or two before. And he seems yep. to be this guy. Uh, I see, I don't see him leaving the top 12 still. And I don't think it's that much of a slide. I think he, I think he arguably is a better prospect than Bryce young. In my personal opinion, I would go with CJ Stroud. I would as well. I'm hey, we're, we're two for two. Look at us go. Um, I I, com I completely agree. I think also I actually heard that score that got leaked isn't even real. That he didn't score two percent or whatever stupid number they threw out there. Yeah, it was like that's almost like you couldn't even spell your name right or like. So have you heard what that test is? It's just one of them. Isn't it like that little stupid Wonderlic where they so try? It's and not like that. It's not like an IQ test like the Wonderlic. It's okay. like they put you in like this VR thing. And it's basically kind of how fast you can process things coming at you, basically, and like things changing. And they're like, they, they do all these sensory things and kind of like throw things at, like, not throw things, but like have things coming in and out of you. It's how quickly you can process it. Oh, that's pretty cool. See, I watched him process the Georgia defense pretty well on December yeah. 31st. So I, I think I'm going to take that test with a grain of salt and assume that um, that is not the case. And I, I think I agree. I mean, CJ Stroud for me is kind of my top QB prospect. I think he has the size advantage on Bryce Young. I think he's got a little bit more of an arm, and I think the accuracy there is phenomenal. Um, I'm, I, I agree with CJ Stroud. I'm going to throw him in the, on the board as number two. Arizona Cardinals at number three. Yeah, I think so, this is a trade. So. I and I'm looking down at my notes right now. I I I started it off with I think this is where the draft really kicks off because you're completely correct. Um, I think this is where you'll have you'll have the Colts, maybe the Raiders, maybe if the Titans want to jump from, all the way up from 11. Yeah. I think this is where you're going to ha start having those teams think to themselves, all right, here is where two QBs have gone off the board. There's two more left that everyone loves at the top of the first round. I need to make sure I jump the other guy. Um, I think it's it's a it it's something it, the Colts specifically a team you laid out. It's super interesting situation for them having the next pick and how much do you want to give up to move up one? But do you want to risk them moving up for another team that needs a quarterback? Yep. You need to make sure that they either take a pick, they either use that pick, or you get that pick. Yeah, if you're them. Yeah, and. Uh, to kind of feed off of your point for the, they, the in need of a trade, the Arizona Cardinals are probably the worst roster on paper going yeah. into next season. Um, DeAndre Hopkins and Buda Baker don't want to be there. Kyler Murray is going to miss some of, if not most of the season, recovering from his injury. They just fired the GM. I think they fired Cliff Kingsbury. They're they're an absolute dumpster fire. So when you're in that kind of position, you need all of the picks you can get. So I I also think that this is probably definitely a place to trade. 
I just again, like I said, I don't want to do trades in this mock draft because no. I think that it it starts to kind of it starts to kind of mess with us later down the line. So, in the sense of this, I think the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals when they do pick are probably going to go either best defensive player available. Or if they've, depending on where they trade down to, let's say if the Titans are the ones trading up or maybe even the Raiders and that kind of big three on the defensive line is gone. I think that they've opened themselves up to a tackle or an offensive lineman to help Kyler Murray from dying again. So in this sense where we haven't traded, I think, I think I would prefer to go with best defensive player available. Um, For me, that guy is Will Anderson Jr. So I, I actually, in my board, board, I got my team. I I think the best defensive player off the board is Tyree Wilson. Ooh. I just think this it's it's a more NFL body. I know that Will Anderson is the freak athlete, but you saw him take I don't want to say a step back, but not take a step forward his last year at Alabama, and I don't necessarily think his style of play is necessarily the most conducive to the NFL level. So I, I still think want, he's going to be a top. No, hold on. I just want to argue. I'm going to argue one thing. How are you supposed to take a step forward from what he did in 2021? That 2021 season is one of the greatest college football defensive seasons I've ever seen. Um, but I, I, I do, I do think you make an interesting point though, where you say that Tyree Wilson maybe is a little bit more NFL style. I think what Tyree Wilson offers you is maybe a little bit more power as well as uh, as to kind of complement just the finesse. I think Will Anderson – 6'6", 270. Yeah, no, I mean, Will Anderson is kind of your he, – he's a pure edge pass rusher, whereas Tyree Wilson can line up and stop the run as well. So I see what you're saying. I just like – for me personally, I cannot mess I, – I cannot disregard the level of production Will Anderson had. But I have seen Tyree Wilson start to fly up draft boards. I've seen Tyree Wilson's odds of being picked at this place, at this place, ahead of this guy, ahead of that guy, start flying up. So I, I would, I'd be okay with doing that. I'll say, we'll say Tyree Wilson at three. Okay. Wow, he's that far down there. Yeah, but this is th- these guys are stupid. So, <laughs> so number cool. four, we've got. The Colts, in, again, in this mock draft, we know they need a quarterback. In this mock draft, they get to get one without having to trade. Um, I assume that um, we might be split here. Um, wh- who's your quarterback? Uh, mine is Anthony Richardson. See, I've got Will Levis. Um, I, I think, think they're both severely overrated. <sighs> I, I, I can agree with that. I think the issue, my issue with Anthony Richardson is if I'm drafting a quarterback, part of the things that I need to teach him should not be how to accurately throw a football or how to complete more than like 50% of his passes. I understand that he is the most physically gifted quarterback of all time. Um, He is, I mean, he ran the third fastest 40. He's got a cannon. He's built like a linebacker. It's just if I'm drafting a quarterback, I should expect that part of my coaching of him. It should not be how how do I play quarterback? Yeah, um, I'm actually let's go Will Levis. Okay. Because I'm convinced that like as far as boring, not like more polished, just seems like kind of a Colts. Yep. Play, the other thing I want to say about Will Levis is 
Now, May again, this is obviously the this is like this is major. Like we talk about smokescreen season in February and March. The week of the draft is like that is it's not even a smokescreen. It's just straight like forest fire season. Um, I've seen Will Levis is the odds on favorite to be the number two pick, and his odds of being the number one pick in the last twenty four hours have gone from plus five thousand to plus four hundred. So. Jesus. Again, I don't know what Vegas knows, but I completely agree with you in the sense that I do think both Levis and Richardson are a tier below the top two that we, we drafted. I think um, I will defend Levis a little bit in the sense that he lost so much from 2021 to 2022. So that, that kind of step back in production was maybe to be expected. You lose Wandale Robinson, you lose half of your offensive line. It's tough to kind of recreate that, but... I agree. Like I said, Will Levis was my pick. So at number four, Will Levis. So there's a lot. Number five, the Seattle Seahawks. There are a number of different ways I could see this one going. I'm going to say that a lot for like the first like 15 picks. Yep. Um, but I could see that I could see them going quarterback. Geno Smith is only signed to a one year deal. It's I could the it's a three-year deal on paper, but you're right. The guarantees of it are one, I think maybe two. I don't know. I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but I know you're 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 perfectly right. Geno Smith can be that consummate pro, teach the teach the young guy. Um or the Seahawks think, hey, we were we were close. We got to the right. playoffs and we have a chance to add a premier defensive player. I, I think those are kind of at five, at least, I think those are your two options. And aside from aside from the 49ers, the division sucks now. I think I think the the Rams are going to be a little bit slept on if they come back healthy, but okay. that's that's an if. Okay. So I, I think I, I I do know what you're saying. Um, it's a talented young roster that I think they. I, I'm more inclined to to believing that they should. Uh, they take kind of your theory of like, hey, we were close. Like, let's take a guy that can do something yep. this year as opposed to a quarterback project. With that being said, I think they're going to take J- uh, Jalen Carter. I have I have Jalen Carter in my mock as well. Um, I Someone think- who I think I could see going as high as three. And I think with the legal issues, I've heard that he could slip to like 15 or 16. I see. I, I think I saw 10 is the lowest of for Jalen Carter. But I, I think I completely agree on the um, – uh, he's a phenomenal player. He can go incredibly high. If the legal issues in the pro day weren't there, people would still talk about him as one of the two best players in the draft, regardless of position. He is that good, and I do think that the – I do think Seattle is kind of one of those franchises with – uh, Pete Carroll a little bit more lenient on what type of player they're drafting. I know certain franchises are like, oh my God, you got a parking ticket one time, like you can't play for me. Right. Whereas Seattle, they've they've taken some questionable players on. They've taken some characters before, and I think it again. I think it works out for him. Um, I think he's probably he's he, he's a phenomenal player. So I'm, I'm going to go Jalen Carter at five. Um. I mean, the way this the way this draft board has kind of fallen, I mean, we kind of know what we're taking at six, right? Yeah. So this is how I think it's going to play out for us, and I think it's good, and I don't think you should overcomplicate it. I think three quarterbacks go in the top five, which, leaves, which leaves one of Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or Tyree Wilson yep. left to you. 
And yeah. I think you take, no matter which one of the three it is, you take who's left. You don't think are... about a corner yet. You don't think about linebacker or any other position. You get another edge rusher. Build that freaking front. So we got Aiden. We got Will Anderson in this situation. Quarterbacks are going to be pissing their pants when they head to Ford Field on Saturday nights. So I'm glad that we verbatim are thinking like for like um, – this pick is Will Anderson. He is here. I mean, in my original mock when I did it, I had Tyree Wilson here, but that's because Will Anderson went in Tyree Wilson's spot. So I think as long as we're kind of getting the same six players off the board in any given chunk, I think our mocks are doing pretty well um, or kind of lining up properly. And for another, like, if they have, like, if they have to take corner, like if, if Brad Holmes has to do it, find a way to trade down and do it smoke screen the hell out of the Raiders and say, Oh, we're going to take a quarterback, get them scared, have them trade up with you. Just, I, I think corner at six with the way we assume this draft will go with one of the big three defensive linemen, I think would be gross negligence. Um, and I guess w- maybe one more way to prove it. Um, do you know who played cornerback for the San Francisco 49ers last year? Do you know any of them? No. Neither. I mean, I know Mosley because we signed him, but Mosley right. didn't even play. He tore his ACL in week six. Um, and that's my point. The 49ers have probably the best defensive line in football. Nobody knows who plays corner for them because the defensive line does exactly what they need to do to make the rest of the team look better. They get to the quarterback in two seconds and murder him. Yeah. Keep, keep building the line. Keep building the line. Again, if you have to take, or if you have to take a quarter, find a way to trade down. And I guess one more rumor that I do want to say is, I don't discount either the Lions or the Seahawks out for quarterback because, as we know, Geno Smith and Jared Goff are not your quarterback for the next ten years. They are bridge guys that had great seasons, and now you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, um, we can win with this guy. And so if one of those GMs uh, think to themselves, hey, this is going to be my last time picking this high up for the next five years, I, I should probably get my quarterback now, I I wouldn't put it past either of them. Yeah, I don't – like, I wouldn't either. I, I don't think that's what's in Brad Holmes's head, though, deep down, to be honest. I don't think so either. Uh, So seven, the Raiders. So um, – Weird. We might we might have a disconnect here. Uh, I'll let you. Who is the guy that if you were the Oakland Raiders, who should you pick here? Uh, I want to go offensive line to be honest. Ooh, okay. Um, so I actually did not. You didn't go away. I thought you were going to go with Anthony Richardson, being he's still on the board. The player that I had was Oregon corner Christian Gonzalez. Um. I think that Josh McDaniels is in a coach for your job mode. I think he's coaching for his career. And so I think he's going to go with a guy that can kind of help him win now. And I think kind of like Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia, they're going to look at maybe a position they don't have something of on the defense. I think the, if I remember correctly, the Raiders offensive line isn't that bad. Um, now, obviously, I don't think that's suddenly an excuse to 
neglect it. But I think I think Christian Gonzalez, Christian Gonzalez, is my pick at least. Okay, I can get behind that. I only had the, I just in my head have, you had an offense that it seemed like Derek Carr connect was never comfortable in. You get you bring in Jimmy G. You think you're a playoff team now, or you need to be a playoff team for McDaniel's. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a you get a safe yeah. offense line built around Jimmy G. Yeah, so I, I again I, I don't hate that. I just think the defensive side for them might be more yeah. uh, more. I'm important. fine with that. Yeah. So this is an interesting one. Um, I think I think we can go probably go all over here. Um, yeah, it's a weird one that I've seen. This being the first spot that Bijan can go, like. Yep. I like don't understand drafting a running back when you're still not even really that close. Yep. Like to me, a running back is only uh actually there's a team in two picks who I think Bijan should go to. But uh I think running back, we've seen what the value of the position is now because most guys only get one contract. You have to fit that into a window where you think you're going to win. I don't necessarily the Falcons aren't that bad of a team, but they're not necessarily even I don't even think. I think they could be worse than they were this past year, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, I mean I have I have Devin Witherspoon. Okay. I have them taking a corner to play opposite AJ Terrell. Um I completely agree on everything with the Bijan stuff. You are in no position to be taking a luxury position. You need a lot of help. Um and I, I mean, mean Pro Football Focus has their things as as their second need as a wide receiver. You drafted one at like eight last year, and then you drafted one as a tight end the year before that. Right. Exactly. So, I, yeah, that that's what I'm saying. I think part like part of this team needs stuff on Pro Football Focus. I don't like, and I don't always because I think that there is a little bit of just well, what are we looking at? Like, do the Falcons need a wide receiver too? Probably, but if you look at the way they played football last year, they didn't even throw the ball. It was yeah. given to Tyler Algier 25 times a game, and if he makes it work, he makes it work. So I, I've got Witherspoon here. I know that he is – the. I think he's like even money odds to go to the Lions at six, which scares the hell out of me. But in this draft, he's not here because one of the big three fell, and we took him. But, I, I mean, I've got Witherspoon. Um, thoughts? Is, is that something that you can't get behind? Is that you yeah. want to – I like it. All right. So – that leaves the bit that, that that next pick, the Chicago Bears. Um, this is somewhere where I think I, it's kind of a. I think it's it may. I think we both agree where they should go here. Yeah, I um, think it's pretty. Line. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy offensive line. You have the guy you think is your guy. I think you can take a step forward if you protect him. Yes. Um, you sign defensive pieces in the offseason. It's still going to be bad, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't see them going, especially with the big three edge rushers off the board. It's Who who do you like more, Skoronsky or Paris Johnson Jr.? I like Paris Johnson. I think, um, I think Skoronsky is maybe more geared towards playing guard right off the bat and I think he's someone that eventually slides into tackle and I think that's why I have I gave the edge to Paris Johnson I think Paris Johnson is the most ready tackle from the draft okay. even if Skronsky might have a higher ceiling later down the line 
And I think that Paris Johnson, he's someone who played with Justin Fields for a year at Ohio State. Um, I, I, I think he's kind of the, you're right, uh, you, you signed you signed a guard, um, get, get yourself a tackle and make sure that Justin Fields stays alive. You got him DJ Moore as part of that trade with Carolina. Right. So he has a little bit more weapons now and start to kind of maybe almost like put the pressure on him and say, all right, go prove why everyone claims you are a franchise quarterback. Go, go prove it to us. So I've got, I got Paris Johnson here. Um, is that, is that good with you? Yep. yep. Awesome. So this, I think this is an interesting pick. I think we might disagree here on uh, what they should do, um, but I, I guess I'd kind of be open to whatever. So I have I, a pretty hot take on what they should do, to be honest. I, I like hot takes. Let's hear one. I think they should do Bijan Robinson. So, I think he's a he's a he's going to fit in perfectly. You just sign the quarterback, get a guy that can run the ball. You're a Super Bowl team. You shouldn't be picking this high, anyways. Um, I know you shouldn't pick running backs this high, but when you're a Super Bowl caliber team that could use it, uh, I think I can make an exception for that. Yeah. So my thoughts, um, I don't. I actually have him taking Nolan Smith from Georgia, the edge rusher. I I do agree with all of your Bijan points, though. I think that um, he is that guy that puts you over the top. Like you look at an offense, Jalen Hurts. Bijan Robinson, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, top five offensive line in football. I mean, you look at that and you think to yourself, oh, my Lord, how am I meant to stop it? I think Bijan Robinson, what he, what he does if you draft him is I think he also takes the ball out of just or out of just out of Jalen Hurts' hands a little bit in the sense when when he runs like he he missed a couple weeks at the end of the year with that banged up shoulder. Because he was, he probably took a hit he didn't need to take while trying to run the football. If you get Bijan Robinson for him, you will, you will help him take less unnecessary hits. That you just, like you just gave him fifty three million dollars. Don't turn him into a bowling ball. Like mm-hmm. he's a quarterback. So I, I completely agree that I just think that the way Howie Roseman historically drafts, the way he values certain things in the first round. I think if I look back, if I, I was looking back at it, he's taken either offensive line or defensive line slash edge rusher in the first round, basically every year for like the past six or seven years. So that's kind of what drove me to Nolan Smith. But I, I get, I can't get mad at the Bijan Robinson take because you have another pick later in the draft where you can get, a, you can get yourself an offensive or defensive lineman there. Um, so I guess I'll again. I, I've kind of made my case for Nolan Smith. If you if you want if you want to stick with Bijan because you think that's the best win now move, I I I, I can't say I hate it. So I'll, I'll let you make this one. Okay, let's go with Bijan. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna kind of that's gonna alter up my draft board a little bit. I kind of I kind of ran through one of these last night, and I've kind of been using those notes. So I'm sure I'm gonna start sitting there scrambling, thinking to myself, "Oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" So uh, 11 Tennessee Titans. Uh, uh, I know we talked about this as a trade. I think this is, this could be a trade spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, given that we play in the land of no trades, given that Ryan Tannehill is a million years old, given that Malik Willis is apparently not what, I mean, I don't know who thought Malik Willis was anything. There's a reason he went in the third round. 
but I've got Anthony Richardson as the pick here. So do I. Uh, I think the only argument that could be made is is an offensive lineman, especially if Skronsky is still there. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, Skronsky. They released Taylor Lewan. Like you need a tackle. So yeah. Again, Skronsky gives you versatility. He can profile as a plug and play guard right away. You can throw him in at tackle and have him learn for a bit, but this is this is a game of do you have a quarterback or do you not have yep. a quarterback and you yep. do not have quarterback. So I agree with Anthony Richardson. Yep. So this is where it gets interesting. Um, I think the Texans are also kind of in a place where here at twelve they can do kind of a multitude of things. I mean the defense needs a lot of help. They're not very talented there. I mean your offense on the offense you have Laramie Tunsil, which is great because. Left tackle, your most important position for your new rookie quarterback is not needed. You signed Dalton Schultz in free agency. Not that you're ever going to draft a tight end this high, but he gives you a nice security blanket. So I think this is kind of wide open for them to do whatever they want. With that said, my pick would be C.J. Stroud's college best friend, Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's exactly who I had. Oh, look at us. Great minds think alike. So, yeah, I mean – Jackson Smith and Jigba, in my opinion, is – I don't know if this is going to be a hot take, but I think unless I'm missing someone from early last year, which I don't think I am, I think he's the best wide receiver prospect since Jamar Chase. Um, I think people are using this hamstring injury and trying to blow something out of proportion. I think it I, – I agree that he's a great prospect, and I think, honestly, part of it is – Part of the fact that the wide receiver class around him isn't great, like he could easily be. I mean, I have one other wide receiver going in the first round. There were what five last year, six. Like, I think that that could play a role in people kind of downplaying him as a part of a weaker wide receiver class than last year. But yeah, yeah, I I I kind of have this one too. Um, I see him kind of going in this range if they keep this pick. It makes sense. You don't have anybody at the position anyways. Draft the guy that the new franchise quarterback is familiar with. Yep. I mean, the, the, the only other thing I want to say is JSN, and I think this actually gets brought up a lot, but, I mean, if you look back at 2021 when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, who were both top 11 picks, played all together, he was the most productive, he was the best player, and all three of them knew it. I mean, both Olave and Wilson came out and said, yeah, this kid's better than us. Oh, I I just think he's he's that good. Mm-hmm. Um, at thirteen, I think this is kind of funny because I believe part of the pick swap that the Jets and the Packers did was I've heard a ton of rumors that the Packers really like JSN and want to get him, and that's kind of funny on a plethora. Yeah. Of first of all, it's funny that Aaron Rodgers his entire career begged for a first round right first round wide receiver and they never gave him one. Right. It's also funny that they did this hoping to get JSN, and in our mock draft, they don't get JSN. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my that's my take on it. I think that's kind of hilarious. Um, I think here, um, I think this pick will kind of be indicative of what they actually think of Jordan Love. If they, they let's, I mean, again, JSN's off the board, but. Let's, God forbid, they take another receiver. Maybe they like Quentin Johnson's size or whatever. But if they take another receiver, I think that kind of shows they are all in on Jordan Love and they're getting ready to help him. 
Um, I don't think that's the case. I think that would also be very irresponsible of them. My my pick is Lucas Van Ness, but I, you can go so many ways with this. Okay, Lucas Van Ness. I mean, I was just going to throw in uh, the Nolan Smith. I kind of had the same idea with you going with a, a defensive lineman. I just – you said him earlier. As I kind of had best off the board at that so, position. I mean, you, you bring up Nolan Smith. Like I just said, I mean, I'm looking at my notes from the mock draft I did before. I forgot that Nolan Smith is still on the board here. So let's take Nolan Smith. Okay. I mean, you're taking – you're in a position where – you are kind of in a weird phase where you can choose to either rebuild or you can choose to go for it. Um, Nolan Smith is a freak athlete. I mean, he ran a four three nine as a linebacker. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like it just that doesn't happen. So this brings us here to the Patriots. Um, the Patriots are in an incredibly weird position because I think they also need so, so much. Um, with that said, um, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll let you, you start this one off. What, what are you thinking for the Patriots? I'm thinking offensive line. I am as well. Um, I think they take a step towards giving Mac Jones one last year, to tr- one last kick of the can. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think they're terrible. Like you said, there's a lot of needs still. Yeah. Uh, and I think they you got to do something to – you took away his best target. I guess they, you signed Juju, but yeah. – like, I forgot they I, did sign Juju. Um, I go with, with a tackle here. I'm going to go just names, to be honest. I don't know which one is actually better. Uh, Broderick Jones from Georgia. Yeah, so uh, in my, from, from what I had was um, I had Darnell Wright, but, yeah, I think, you're, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head of – get an offensive line. I mean, if you look back at those kind of like vintage Patriot teams, obviously you had Brady, but you also always seem to have good offensive lines. Um, yep. I think maybe they've lost a little bit of that. And so I think tackle here is, is the play. Um, let's, let's take Roderick Jones. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a stereotypical Patriots pick though. Boring yeah. in the first round, if not even, they'll, they'll probably even trade down. I mean, they're notorious for that. It's always trade down. Cause I know Bill Belichick has his, own little draft board system where he's got random prospects all over the place. So I think they'll kind of navigate whatever. Um, we'll see what happens. But to the Jets at 15, I also have offensive line here. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. You just got um, – you just picked up a quarterback. You have an offensive line that has an incredible injury history with Mekhi Becton, Dwayne Brown. You've got Elijah Vera Tucker, who played pretty well, um, kind of a versatile guy. I, I kind of went with another versatile guy. I think this is a listed as tackle, and I've said it a couple times, will go play guard right away. I have Peter Skronsky. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So it's 16 with the Commanders. I think this is an interesting pick, but maybe for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, the Commanders are such a weird team where – They've got Sam Howell as their quarterback, and it's like, well, do you really sit here and, like, think that that's going to do anything for you? So, but at the same time, all I've seen, I mean, all I've seen about the Commanders is them getting mocked a corner. Yeah, so I I agree they'll kind of plug in and play, get someone that can contribute right away. Uh, I don't think it's quarterback. 
for I said, the re- my I said reason quarter quarter, quarter. Oh. I'm saying no quarter. Oh yeah, uh, it's not going to be quarter. For the reason being of the ownership change, I don't think you can like in this weird kind of purgatory where uh, you've got one boss coming in and another out headed out the door. Uh, I don't think they make a big franchise quarterback type move without anyone stamp of approval for the. Long There's term. also no one really to pick at this point. I mean, Anthony Richardson, right. Levis, like right. taking Hendon Hooker on half of a leg. Yeah, and it, it's not older. like more. More my point being, you don't see this team trade up. You see them oh, stay oh, at this okay, base, I see. and okay. you see I, them I was draft a little confused, but I like that. Yeah, so I mean, I went with in this one. Uh, at least my notes said Joey Porter Jr. I've seen him consistently mocked to them. I mean, I don't know. It, it, this, is, this is kind of a take whoever you want. I mean, yeah. everything is on outside of maybe defensive line because I think they running around with Chase Young that they re-signed Deron Payne. They they kind of have a decent defensive line outside of that. I think you can go with anything. So where, what are you thinking here? Um, Joey Porter Jr. is great. Great player. All I right. I do too, actually. I'm kind of really hoping he gets to 18 if we don't take corner at six. Um, at 17, um, I also have an offensive lineman here. Yeah, I do too. So on my notes, I had Broderick Jones, but that's because I had Darnell Wright earlier. I think Darnell Wright's the pick. Um, he yeah, kind of, I agree. And I think it's for the, all the same reasons as the Patriots. If you look back at the vintage um, Steelers teams with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, they also did have a phenomenal line for Bell to run behind. You look back a couple of years ago, I mean, James Conner made it work. So I, I think Darnell writes this pick here where they're going to start rebuilding and maybe refined Steeler football, quote unquote. Also, you got the quarterback quarterback quotations for those that can't see me. Yep. Uh, last year, you get the linemen to protect yep. them this year. I agree. Um, 18, back to the Lions pick. I think this is an immense wild card. I think yep. we can go everywhere. Um, I mean, you could double dip a defensive line. You could take corner if one of them is available here. You could take a running back. Let's say Bijan Robinson drops. You can take Bijan for the same reasons that the Eagles did. Now, obviously, you're not at the same stage as the Eagles, but maybe you think your offense is at the same stage and your defense is the one that needs to catch up. You can take... Uh, I would kind of based on, off what you don't right like you don't need a line you you but i mean outside of that i think i could make a decent argument for your every other position yeah i mean i look at i look at wide receiver jamo suspended for 6 weeks mm-hmm. um can amon ross st brown and josh reynolds and marvin jones really hold the line for 6 weeks i don't know do we really want to start another football season two and four, one and five? I don't think so. So, so I could see wide receivers play. That's not my pick, but I could see it as in play with his suspension. Yeah, my pick is kind of going off of that. I have uh, Michael Mayer. Ooh. So I had Kalijah Kansi. I think uh, the double dip at defensive line, get your edge rusher opposite Aiden at six and then get your interior pressure at 18. Um, The mayor pick is interesting. I think it's weird because 
why trade away TJ Hawkinson just to take another tight end? Yeah. Like that, that's, that's the only thing where I'm a little weirded out about is I think maybe it's because they didn't make the pick themselves, but I think that maybe Holmes and Campbell don't value the tight end position as much as maybe some other teams do. Um, I, again, what I about, had Klajic Cansey, but I think, like I said, it's a complete wild card. What about going corner? Like, people say they might do at six. Yeah, um, I mean, I look back, I look at the corners who are left, ideally, I would have liked Joey, if Joey Porter Jr. was here, I would be a lot more open to it. I don't know if Deontay Banks, I think it might be a little early for him. I mean, Brian Branch can kind of double as a safety in a nickel corner, but that's what you have CJ Gardner Johnson for. So I don't think yeah. he's in play. So I think it is kind of down to, I mean, Miles Murphy, you're not going to double dip at edge. So I think he's kind of fallen off. So, I mean, you're kind of looking in here based off the top of this board, you're looking at Cansey Mayer, Dalton Kincaid. I mean, if we go down the list, I mean, this and Cansey plays inside. Yes. Okay. I'm fine with Cansey though. Yeah. That's, that's, I know that's a guy that I've seen a lot of uh, kind of mocks that we have. Now, is that because Brad Holmes was there when they drafted Aaron Donald? And this is another undersized defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. And everyone's like, oh, well, Aaron Donald. Right. So, or if it's because it actually fits. Um, but I, I kind of went with Cansey here. I, I think that anything's kind of up, up, up for grabs, though. So just should, should we hit Cansey and run? Yep. All right. Um, pick 19 and the Bucks here, I think, are in a position where they should be actively rebuilding. I don't understand yep. why they resign. Or let me rephrase. I don't understand why they won't trade Devin White. I don't understand why they won't trade Vita Vea. I don't understand why you resigned Levante David. Um, I it like. I think what it, it, I mean. What do they have? Baker Mayfield out there or something? Or is it Sam Darnold? Who? Who? Do they I think have? it's Baker. Yeah, I mean, what is Baker Mayfield leading you to the playoffs? I mean, maybe in your division he will, because your division blows. But I just, I think you're in a position where you're probably taking best defensive player. Um, I in my draft I had Brian Branch, but I mean, there's Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness is still on the board. I, I just think it's somewhere where you're in no position to be taking a skill guy. Yeah, I was looking at the Brian Brian Branch. Okay, to be honest. I'll rock. I'll rock with Brian Branch. Um, like I said, he's he's a, he can kind of double slot corner, good safety, so you can get some good use out of him, and he he plays pretty well. So it never hurts to get one of those guys. So with the Seahawks here, um, I know we kind of brought up earlier, um. We brought up the possible need at QB. With all the QBs gone, I doubt Hendon Hooker is some possibility. Um, tight end is a possibility. I mean, I don't know how much they believe in Noah Fant. Um, I mean, you've got you've got a good corner in Tariq Woolen, so I don't think that's there. I mean, in my draft, when I was going through it, I had Miles Murphy, I think, um, just kind of continuing to beef up the defense, kind of like what I said with the Lions. They took Jalen Carter at six as an interior guy. Double up on that. Get an get an edge rusher. Again, that it, I don't really know. I mean, your thoughts? I also, here? I was looking at Lucas Van Ness. Yep. That yeah, like, that's someone I had going much higher in my draft. But I, I, I rock with Luke and Beth. Luke. Wow, that was a stroke. I rock with Lucas Van Ness as a pick. 
So then you have the Miami Dolphins forfeiting their pick for tampering. That's very funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> but here I think is an interesting spot <clears throat> because you start to get to like the playoff teams and the ones who are thinking to themselves, well, if I had just one more weapon, I could have done this. Mm -hmm. Or if I had one more guy, I could have done that. And I think this is maybe where a run on skill position players starts to happen. I know we have not taken a tight end yet, and this is supposedly a great class. I mean, you said you had only one more wide receiver going. I have actually three more going. I have kind of – I had four. But I just think this is where we go and we start filling out those offensive guys that have kind of fallen um, based on prospect green. But I've got a tight end here for the Chargers. I was thinking receivers, so I'm willing yeah. to go tight. Yeah. Um, I just think that you've got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Obviously, those are no spring chickens, specifically Keenan Allen. Um, yeah. But I do think that when you look at your tight ends and, like, Gerald Everett is your right. main option, I, I, I don't think that's good enough for a team that, like I just said, might always think, oh, we were so close. Because, I mean, if you look at that def the defense, they are pretty good on paper. Bosa, Derwin James, Cleo Mack. I mean, they got they got dudes. Um, yeah, you've, you've talked me into the tight end. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. So the, the other thing I will say, though, is he's not here anymore. But I think this could also be a Bijan pick. I mean, Austin Eckler, yep. trade request, getting up in age. I just think this is one of those where you're going to help your quarterback out. Um, I had Michael Mayer here, but whether it's Mayer, Kincaid, I mean, you want to just flip a coin in, in our heads, pick one or two. Let's go Mayer. I have him as my – he's been like kind of the number one in my head yep. forever to go at that position. I had, I had Michael Mayer, so I, I agree with that. I mean, Mayer's kind of, Mayer has been that tight end one throughout the year, kind of great hands, great <laughs> receiver from a tight end perspective, but – I'm laughing at this next one, the Ravens. I think this is just too funny what I think they're going to do, and it's too <laughs> obvious, and it's kind of sad and pathetic. I have them going receiver as just a pity to I do too. <laughs> Who do you have? I have Jordan Addison going. So I had Zay Flowers, but, I mean, it's I think it's the same type of guy. So I'll, I'll rock with Jordan Addison. I mean, the former Boletnikoff winner at Pittsburgh, openly tampered with to come to USC. Um, speaking of tampering a couple picks earlier, but – yeah, I think this is one of those where I think they're going to pick a receiver, but, and I think there's two schools of thought, and I don't know which one it is. Maybe they hate Lamar Jackson so much that they're going to give him one more weapon and actively hope he fails so they can say, yeah. hot, look, you suck. Or maybe, they actually do, or maybe they do believe in him, and they're, they're, they're just trying to get him as much as possible so that he can kind of see what he can do. The Vikings, a uh, couple of different things I think they could do here. I could see it being another receiver to, uh, with kind of feeling fading out. Uh, I could also see them going defense because that hasn't exactly been their strong suit the last two seasons. Yep. Uh, I have Quentin Johnson. I do, I do exactly as well. So I think Kevin O'Connell is an offensive-minded coach. You bring up a good point on the defense. They're getting older. Um, they let some guys go that – Maybe they didn't want to. Maybe that's just the Capitch situation. But I do agree with Quentin Johnson. I think he kind of gives you that perfect compliment to Justin Jefferson where you've got your guy that can kind of operate in and around the sticks, and Quentin Johnson's your big body next to him that just catches everything contested. 
so the Jags here, I mean, this is, I, I think this is a, this is also one of those wild card picks where I have no idea what's, what's happening. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking O-line, to be honest. So I could see O-line. I mean, you have, you, I think you lost Juwan Taylor. I'm trying to remember if they brought anyone in, but yeah, um, you've got Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk. So you've, you've got some weapons there, ETN. It sounds like they do like Evan Ingram a lot, so I don't think tight ends in play, though it could be. Um, I I originally had defense here, but I think I could go with a line given that uh, they, they 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 did lose Jawan Taylor. So I mean, I look at the first tackle available, Anton Harrison. I mean, I guess if you want to go with one of the other guys, Osiris Torrance or Dewan Jones. But I'll, yeah, I'll I actually have one of the I had Osiris Torrance. I think they go guard. Ooh, you keeping the Florida guy close to home? Yeah. So kid. that's interesting because Osiris Torrance is a is someone that I very briefly and I guess I still don't hate, but I almost bre- I, I briefly wanted the Lions to take it 18. This was obviously before free agency and like some stuff was made. I mean, Graham Glasgow came back. They they decided to renegotiate Vitae's contract. So I think that guard is no longer as big of a need as it was. But I, I do like Osiris Torrance a lot as a player. So, what are your thoughts here on the Giants? Uh, you get the quarterback. You give him somebody to throw to Zay Flowers. I lied. I have more. I have all four receivers going. So I, I, I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I had Jordan Addison here because Zay Flowers went earlier, but uh, I think the position is what matters. Yeah, you're running around with Wandell Robinson's left leg if he's healthy. Kadarius Tony's gone. Kenny Galladay's gone. I mean. Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton. Who knows? I don't know which one of those is back or not back. So the Cowboys, the America's team. What are your thoughts? Also, a team that could go deep, uh, Bijan, if he's still there. And I'm going to throw out a name. I think I think they could go as well. Is the Gibbs kid from Alabama? If there's a second running back that goes, I think he's a very likely possibility. So I actually, I actually originally had Bijan here. I had him originally sliding all the way down here, and I think I completely agree. I mean, you've got Tony Pollard on the franchise tag, and as Tony Pollard gets older and you continue to give him 200, 300 touches a year, I don't think you want to then turn around and give him a long-term contract. So I think running backs certainly in play. They have the offensive line to do it. They traded for Cook, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup still around. I mean, maybe a tight end is there with them letting Schultz walk. I was also going to say Kincaid is probably my second. But they did draft. uh, They had they had the they had the Michigan kid last year. Did um what was his name? Uh, All no different. And maybe it was a little bit longer ago. They had him. They have a Michigan guy there who played tight end, and he actually played all right when they needed him to. So. I don't think tight end is a pick for him. I do, I do like the running back thing I had. Uh, I had Bijan here. I mean, I'm looking at the board right now. I mean, Miles Murphy falling this far is kind of impressive. I think that's a lot of value, but I, I'm kind of open for whatever here when it comes to defense. So you want to go defense? Or, or I guess I guess whatever is a whole. Um, if we're rocking with Gibbs, the only reason I maybe – Gibbs would compliment them pretty well as a great receiving back. So I think I've talked myself into this. I, I say Jameer Gibbs. The Buffalo Bills. Um, also a team I think Bijan goes to if he's there. 
to be I honest. Think also, I think Gibbs also could be a nice pass, yes. pass catcher since they love throwing so much. Um, yep. But in this situation, both of those guys are gone. And I think here with Von Miller getting another year older and coming off that injury, uh, I, I'm going to go with Miles Murphy, who's still on my board um, okay. or who's still on our board. I just think that if you look back at the Buffalo Bills team and you remember those first five weeks of the season when everyone called them unstoppable, that was when they were healthy and they got to play that bully ball defense because they just had unlimited amounts of dudes. So I think you just you just take another one. Uh, I think Miles Murphy's here. I don't think Miles Murphy will make it this far down in the draft because I think he plays a premium position. He's a great player. But given he's still here, I think Buffalo's got to take him. Yep. So what are we? What are our thoughts on twenty eight here? Uh, I could see Kincaid being an option here. I um, I could I also I could also see them going corner with either um, Deontay Banks or Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. So I those were my two options. Uh, I had Kincaid here ultimately because I think that you're about to pay Joe Burrow fifty five sixty million dollars a year. Um, give him every single weapon you can to make sure he can go win you a Super Bowl. So I had Kincaid, but I, okay. I, I'd kind of be open to either. Let's go Kincaid. Oh. So with the Saints here, um, I think this is kind of a whatever pick. I don't really think there's a certain need they need. I don't think there's a certain thing they don't need. So I'll kind of just do. Do we just open it to best available, and we we just throw a dart at the dartboard here? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, they're kind of a volatile team in what they pick too. Remember, they traded up for Olave last year, yep. um, so they do. They're kind of a team that's not afraid to do some whack stuff. Um, what about Hendon Hooker? I mean, they just they just signed Derek Carr to a four year deal. I don't I don't see that happening. <laughs> okay. I I I know I know what you I know what you mean. I just I don't I think like, it's tough. yeah okay. I guess they four. I forgot it was four years. Yeah, I'm sure um, the guarantees probably give them an out after two. But even that, yeah. I don't think that's something that. I just thought of him as maybe a project kind of similar to like the Raiders talk we had about yep. a, maybe yeah. a quarterback, but. And and then, um, again, maybe in the second round, if he were to fall the slide right. that far, you could always trade back up. I just think that if you have this first round pick with the ability to get that nice fifth year option, I think you probably want to use it on a guy that you can use for all five of those years, as opposed to Hooker, who's going to spend the first year in rehab and the second year relearning how to play football. Yeah, um, and he's already like twenty five. <laughs> yes. So I mean, I, I again, I think anything can be a need here. Um, in my in my pick, I had Emmanuel Forbes. We could go Forbes. There's Will McDonald. I mean, what do you, what Let's do you go Forbes. Forbes? Forbes is one of the names I think I threw out there. Yeah. So the Eagles here are interesting. I originally had Osiris Torrance because I think kind of the same thing as I said the first time we talked about him. I think that's just the Howie Roseman model of yeah. get big boys that protect my quarterback and get big boys that murder the other team's quarterback. Um, they took Bijan, so I do think that in this position, I think they probably need to go either edge rusher yep. and or I mean and or defensive lineman or offensive lineman. I think that you kind of look at their older players, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson. You look at I mean, I don't think Fletcher Cox is there anymore, but 
I, I just think that those are the those are kind of the that next level of people to fade off the Eagles team. So you okay. want to start replenishing them. So I'm thinking it's offensive lineman or edge rusher. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you have a? I mean, what what are you thinking here? I mean, I'm looking at kind of the the, the top four I had guys here. Kind of the next name I had for O line was uh, Anton Harrison. All right, well, let's take Anton Harrison. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean. This is the ultimate luxury pick. Yeah. You're champions for a reason. You can do whatever you want for a reason. Um, I think I'm going to kind of follow my principles for the same thing. Either get offensive linemen that protect your quarterback or get defensive linemen that murder the other teams. I haven't taken an edge rusher, but I mean, I think, like I said, they're, they can take whatever they want. Yeah, I kind of had an off the board pick just for funsies. Uh, in Brian Breezy. Come in, Brian Breezy. I know he's kind of projected second round, but he's a fun Clemson kid that was there forever. Yep. No, I I don't hate that in the slightest. I mean, again, it's it's a, it's a clear I can do whatever I want pick because I'm the champion. Um, and yeah, that's. That's kind of our what mock a, draft. What a freaking mock. That's just so beautiful. To look it at. Is, I'm so excited for this draft on Thursday. I mean, this is arguably better than most of like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to stop myself before I say something stupid, but I think the draft is kind of like men's version of like reality TV. We love the storylines that come up. We love the, yeah. Oh my God, who's coming up for a trade? Who's doing that? So I, I, I love this. I mean, and I'm going to be honest, if the Detroit Lions walk away with Will Anderson and Kalijah Kansi, I mean, in the first round, you have two second-round picks where you can go after corner and linebacker, which are kind of your next needs, maybe a receiver if you want. I think the Lions are through the moon if that's their draft. Yeah, I, I know we were – I was probably a little favorable, like, in my, like, what I wanted, like, the best outcome or a very good outcome for the Lions. But, yeah, I, like – this is ideal. No, it's, I, mean, it's, I, started... I know we talked about it earlier, but it all comes down to somebody trading up and getting what that third quarterback in the top five. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell, if they want to go four quarterbacks in the top five, that's even better. Yeah. But yeah, no, this is uh this is a great mock. Uh I actually am proud of the amount of picks we kind of agreed on, especially earlier on where it's kind of like there's more structure because there's less variables that have gone on and we yeah. were kind of on the same page with most of our picks. So I was really happy with that. Zoom out. Can you zoom out a little? I want to take a screenshot of it. Yeah. Got you. One more. Oh, two more. There you go. Perfect. I'm going to do the same thing. Taking a picture here. We'll see how we did. But that's it's certainly interesting. Um, this has been an incredibly long episode. This will probably be our record for longest. I think we did the mock draft alone for about an hour. And yeah. this is this is so much fun. So um, I'm I don't have much more to say. Um, the next time we speak to all of you, we're going to have a I think I mean I think it'll be another loaded episode of winners of the draft losers of the draft 
will kind of be able to talk maybe a little bit about some late day steals and we can say, oh, who went to a great situation down the board? I know there's a million different running backs this year and that that usually is a position that's so dependent on what situation you go to. So we can have a lot of fun with that, but it's kind of a strictly first round mock. I love this. So I'm going to sign off. This has been, it's been a pleasure to those who have made it this far, an hour and a half episode. If you made it this far, we greatly appreciate you. And I leave the last words to you. Yeah, you're a trooper. If you made it this far, we appreciate it. Um, Everybody watch your draft Thursday and tune into the next episode.